Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 14th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, music professor Tim Pale will preview the college's annual Christmas at Monmouth concert that will be performed on December 7. We'll hear from the juror of the latest student art show that's now on display in the Everett Gallery over in the Hughes Library. And Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will preview the Fighting Scots upcoming game in the NCAA Division III football playoffs. And he'll also bring us up to speed on the rest of Monmouth College athletics. Be sure to mark your calendar for December 7. That's when this year's Christmas at Monmouth concert will be performed. Always one of the more popular events in the Monmouth community, the concert will be performed at 7.30 in the evening on December 7, that's a Saturday, in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Joining us to preview Christmas at Monmouth is Professor Tim Pale. He's chair of the music department and director of the Monmouth Chorale, which is one of the groups who will perform at the event. Tim says that Christmas at Monmouth promises to be another big event. And so every year we have all of the major music department ensembles perform. So we have the Monmouth Chorale, Monmouth Chamber Choir, Monmouth Concert Choir perform. We have the instrumental groups too. We have the Monmouth Winds. We have uh, the Chamber Orchestra perform. Prior to the concert, we're going to have a brass quintet performing some Christmas tunes. And our student-led a cappella group, the Highland Harmonizers, are also going to perform before the concert. So lots of music, lots of And Tim says that audience members will hear a wide variety of music. There will also be opportunities for the audience to participate. Because, of course, there's been classical uh, Christmas music written for hundreds of years. There are much more contemporary uh, Christmas tunes. There are all kinds of uh, arrangements of Christmas tunes for, for choirs and bands and orchestras and everything. So it's a big variety of some things that are more contemporary, some things that are more uh, recently composed, to um, the chorale is going to do um, a sort of gospel um, style piece called Mary Had a Baby. We're also going to do something from the Renaissance by Palestrina. We're going to do a, uh, an arrangement of the Canadian carol, uh, the Huron carol, um, which was, but the sound is kind of more contemporary sound. So it's all kind of intersection of old and new and traditional and non-traditional. If we did Christmas carols that are only sort of the most complex arrangements of carols and um, did only classical versions of, of carols or, you know, Christmas tunes from the Renaissance or whatever, it would be too, it wouldn't be, it would miss some entertainment. Uh, value. And so I think having that variety is really important, having some tunes that are recognizable, as well as some that are new or interesting. I mean, there's so many opportunities to do things that are to include a little bit of um, Christmas around the world elements and multicultural elements uh, mixed in as well with things that are more familiar. We always have audience sing-along carols. 
um, that are always very traditional, you know, so we'll have Silent Night, we'll have Story to the World, we'll have Hark the Herald. Um, and uh, the other aspect, of course, for the students is we want it to be educational for them, you know, not only um, that they're singing tunes they already know, but they're learning new music. Um, they're not learning just simple arrangements. They're learning things that are complex and that'll be challenging for them. Um, so it's a balancing, a balancing act of keeping everyone happy and keeping people, um, keeping the students um, entertained as well as educated. Last year, Christmas at Monmouth included the college's Christmas convocation. Tim says that experiment went so well that they'll do it again at this year's Christmas at Monmouth. Um, so we are combining, uh, we did for a while, we had a Christmas convocation um, that would be during the day and a weekday, and then we also had Christmas at Monmouth. And Christmas at Monmouth always had readings of poetry, um, a little bit of um, scripture reading sometimes. Um, uh, but in the last year, for the first time, we combined those two things. And so instead of having a separate Christmas convocation, we have uh, Terry at the college, uh, now dean of the chapel, um, will give a message um, during the during the concert. So it's kind of a blend of a little bit of Christmas service, a little bit Christmas convocation, as well as concert. So we tried that out for the first time last year and seemed to work well. One of the more unique aspects of Christmas at Monmouth is that it involves the college's theater department, and it will conclude with a moving performance of a Christmas time favorite. Well, it's the only concert where we do pretty extensive lighting, where we get the theater department involved and they project different uh, Christmas-related uh, lights on the wall, whether it was a starry, starry sky on the wall or or. Uh, or, or ornaments or, or snowflakes or whatever that sort of different, uh, that sort of create that feeling um, of, of the Christmas season, I think kind of helps. At the end, we're, when we do Silent Night, all the choirs are going to sing a cappella Silent Night. We're going to have candles that people will light and hold up uh, during the third verse of that. So it kind of really helps uh, create the spirit. That's music professor Tim Pale previewing the college's annual Christmas at Monmouth which will be on December 7 in Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Hope to see you at what is always a wonderful Christmas event. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Be sure to head over to the Everett Gallery in Hughes Library before December 4. That's so you can be sure to take in some great student art that's currently on display. It's all from Mama's Juried Art Exhibition. A piece by freshman Elliot Grady of Plainfield, Illinois, received Best in Show, and it's one of several outstanding pieces that's on display in the Everett Gallery. The show was juried by a Mammoth alumnae, Cassie Tangney, a 2008 graduate, Cassie's day job is Vice President of Design of Do Big Things. She's based in Des Moines, Iowa, but her firm is a virtual worldwide firm. Cassie says she enjoyed and learned a lot by serving as the show's juror. was really encouraged by how much talent there is here. And uh, actually, I was just blown away by how many people see the world and the different lenses and all the topics that they covered. Well, um, that people have to be vulnerable. They have to put themselves out there and that um, sometimes you get in, sometimes you don't, but that ultimately we all have a lot to say and that 
being a juror allowed me to lift up some voices that I think otherwise maybe wouldn't. Cassie graduated from Monmouth with an art degree, but she explained that's not how her college career started. Um, I, like many a student, uh, started out school. I was determined to become a doctor, so I started as pre-med, um, took a number of classes and survived <laughs> through quite a few, um, and started taking art classes um, as an outlet. And had a couple, two courses with uh, Stacy Lotz and fell in love and begrudgingly waited until my junior year to declare art as a major. Um, and it's been a pretty big part of my life ever since then. And Cassie's had an equally interesting path to her current job. I graduated in 2008 and I got a job as a communications manager for an association that was a nonprofit. And I did everything. I made copies, I built websites and brands and everything in between, brochures, and um, wanted to get a little bit more involved in local politics. My family had always been involved in my hometown and helped out a few friends running for city council in my city of, that I was at, and then um, decided, wow, I was really interested in that. And I took a new position as an art director for a digital firm that dealt solely in uh, helping candidates run for office and loved it and did that and just didn't stop and then I got recruited by this new company um, that I'm at and now I do that at scale for nonprofits and foundations and things of that nature. Cassie says her mammoth experience has contributed to her career in numerous ways. Funny enough I actually use almost every major that I <laughs> ended up with uh, so I public relations art and I actually still use my science background and I work for um, a digital firm we work with, nonprofits, foundations, and uh, progressive candidates building out their digital assets. And so a lot of times we help these nonprofit organizations and they're working with environmental. So it's like, oh, great, I have a nerdy science background and I love talking about those things. And I have an art degree, so I'm building out brands. And I also have public relations. So we're working through the psychology about why we use certain things, why we say certain messages to certain people. So all of those things came from Monmouth. So really that encouragement being at a liberal arts school is that you should try a lot of things you should try to learn a lot of things and i think um, ultimately i've taken that with me because my job changes my responsibilities have changed and the things i want to learn have changed because the world changed i came out with a print degree in design and that went away pretty quickly right after i graduated uh, or had been on the decline anyways and uh, i dove in i wanted to learn more and that has allowed me to lean in and say yes to things otherwise I probably wouldn't have. That's 2008 Monmouth alumni Cassie Tangney. She was the juror in Monmouth's student juried art exhibit. You could read more about the show in the news section of the Monmouth College website and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. For the third time in the last five years, the Monmouth football team is headed to the NCAA Division III playoffs. Both Scott's basketball teams have started their 2019-20 seasons in impressive style, and this weekend is a great chance to see the Monmouth swimming and diving team in competition. Joining us to discuss all of that and more is Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, He's the man who keeps the world informed about Mammoth Athletics because he's the man behind MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Dan says that while Mammoth didn't draw the easiest opening around opponent in the NCAA Division III playoffs, 
They travel to perennial power Wisconsin Whitewater. He also says that Coach Chad Braun Scotts will be ready to play the Warhawks on Saturday. Uh, no, they're good. Uh, six-time national champion. Uh, they're, they've been in the uh, playoffs for 16 times, uh, 13 in the last 15 years they've been in. Uh, they uh, uh, have been national champions by knocking off uh, perennial power Mount Union. Uh, so they, they know how to get there, and they know what they're doing. So it'll be a great challenge for us. But, you know, uh, we're coming off a, a great game from uh, last weekend to win the conference championship. So hopefully we can ride that momentum in to Whitewater this weekend. If you can't make it to Whitewater, Wisconsin on Saturday, you can listen to the game thanks to the good folks at WRAM Radio. Just point your browser to 977WMOI.com or dial up 1330 AM or 97.7 on the FM dial. And in case you missed it, the Monmouth football team qualified for the NCAA playoffs by winning the Midwest Conference last Saturday with what was an improbable 10-7 win over visiting St. Norbert College. After stalling for most of the game on the offensive side, the Scots marched 89 yards in less than 52 seconds under the leadership of freshman reserve quarterback Carter Boyer to win one of the more memorable games in the college's storied football history. You know, it, it was amazing that a conference championship game. And I asked Coach Braun uh, afterwards. I said, "Well, you know, were you pretty confident in bringing Carter Boyer in? Uh, he comes in. He's got a great arm, but he's a freshman, so you never know." And and uh, Coach Tony said, "Well, we we ran uh, the two minute drill on Thursday uh, against the number two defense, and Carter came up a negative 20. I uh, says I wasn't super confident, but uh, he was our best shot. And uh, boy, what a great throw on on first down, a 50 yard gain to Jake Uraz, and and really. If, if that throw is not completed, uh, the whole game might change. But, but uh, you know, have I seen anything quite like that? Uh, I think back to 1986 and John Elway with the drive for the Broncos. So uh, this one, I'm, I'm giving this, this drive, uh, I'm giving Carter Boyer the, the props on this one over John Elway because uh, Carter came in cold off the bench, freshman, uh, had 90 yards, 89 yards to go, and no timeouts left with them less than a minute to go. Uh, and it won the game. So uh, we'll give Carter the nod over John Elway on this one. The Monmouth women's soccer team's magical season came to an end last weekend in Minnesota. That's where the Scots lost one to nothing to St. Thomas in what was their first appearance in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, you take a lot of positives out of that. Uh, we finished the year with uh, 14 wins, most ever. Uh, gave up one goal to St. Thomas. They've been averaging almost two uh, and, and really uh, – defended us super well and uh, that was against a, a ranked team that's at the top 20 in the nation and I think number one in the region so uh, the women played uh, played great and without our leading scorer Kara Jade Gordon was uh, playing for the Jamaican women's uh, national lacrosse team she had a great time there and and I think you know all things considered for the women's soccer team they had a pretty good time in uh, Minneapolis St. Paul also and Coach Rizzo was pretty fired up about next year a lot of work to do uh, but they they've uh, laid the ground work and we'll see if we can continue that next year. Both Monmouth basketball teams are off to great starts. Headed into this weekend, both the women's and the men's teams are undefeated. 
Well, basketball is just picking up where they left off last year, you know, and, and the men, uh, uh, you know, they they got red hot after uh, January 1 last year, and that really hasn't cooled off uh, this, this fall and going into winter. Uh, they played uh, a couple of games, both at home, uh, one by, by handy margins, but they're going to be tested this weekend. As a matter of fact, it's going to be whitewater weekend for Monmouth. Uh, the uh, men's basketball team's playing there Friday night at 8 o'clock, and of course, football uh, game on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, the, the basketball team, they're going to get tested on Friday. And then Sunday, uh, they'll go to Milwaukee School of Engineering, which is a, a very good program also. So uh, we'll find out what we're made of this weekend. And, and a little side educational note, uh, the men's basketball team, uh, some of them may be going to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, sport management event. Uh, so that's just a little extra educational trip uh, for the guys this weekend. And then the women... Uh, you know, they went to Blackburn on uh, uh, Tuesday this week and uh, got out to a 54-11 uh, first-half lead and, and really never looked back. And uh, Coach uh, Wilson was able to clean the bench and, and get uh, everybody in. So the women are, are off to a great start, finished second in the conference, uh, regular season and tournament last year. Uh, so they, uh, they think maybe they can get over the hump this year, and, and hopefully that will be the case. Uh, the women, like the men, have added a couple of uh, extra recruits in there that uh, might be. Uh, the key to getting us over the hump. And if you're looking to start your weekend off right, head over to the Huff Athletic Center on Friday night. At 6 o'clock in the evening in the Pepper Notatorium, the Scott Swimming and Diving Team faces Augustana College. Uh, Illinois College last week and, and uh, swept IC. Uh, will we sweep Augie this week? Uh, I, I don't know, uh, but I know one thing's for certain. Uh, Coach Burek will have them ready to go. They're actually going to take this meet more as a refresher meet, uh, swim some off events, uh, get a little bit of a, a mental break. Uh, but they're also going to be doing some work because they want to uh, do as as well as they can in the relays so he's still uh, trying to piece the relays together and and get ready for the uh, Grinnell meet which is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks uh, the downside of that is that Grinnell meet uh, comes during uh, finals week so he won't be taking a full squad so uh, this Friday he'll have the full squad so we'll be seeing uh, pretty much everybody swimming uh, this Friday night at, at six and I'd encourage folks to get out and and see us we've got a larger squad this year and the women and men both are doing very very well that's Mammoth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, the man behind MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Don't forget, if you can't make it to the football game in Whitewater, Wisconsin on Saturday, you can listen to it thanks to the good folks at WREM Radio. You can listen to it online at 977WMOI.com or you can dial it up on your AM dial at 1330 or 97.7 on the FM. And that's going to be a 30 for this 14th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. And until our next edition, which won't be posted until the week after Thanksgiving, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.